a question was posed. What is the best fictional universe to live in? Now, that's a great question. It, it just fails in one point. Uh, and that one point is, who are you in that universe? Because that makes a huge difference. Now, usually we're talking about fictional universes. We're talking about a story. We're talking about a story with a hero. So I was going to simplify the question, are you the hero or an average person in the universe? The hero, it's almost always a bad idea to be them. Because the hero until the end of the story always has bad things happening to them. That's the whole point of drama, plot devices, whatever you want to call it. You have to have stuff happen or you don't have a story. Therefore, you don't have a hero. So it wouldn't be much of a Star Wars story if it was Luke Skywalker and then Ben came and said, let's go away. And he's like, no, nah, it's all right. And then he goes home to his aunt and uncle and they all get burned to death. I guess that would have been a story in itself. It's just he's not a hero anymore. He's just an average guy. So I'm going to actually disclude the hero as part of the question because you're just living in this universe. You're not the hero. You're not having a particularly dramatic life. You have to just live the normal life of a person in that universe. So what is the best fictional universe to live in? I have to go through a series. I just mentioned Star Wars. Now, we've seen Star Wars movies. It's always about the heroes and whatnot. It's all about people who are Force-sensitive using the Force and, and uh, uh, you know, criminal empires and whatnot. But what you have to do is look around in the background of the movies. What are the people living like? So the average citizen, if you go to Tatooine, the average citizen is a moisture farmer or a slave. Uh, and that actually seems to pan out for most of the average citizens on most of the planets. If you go to Coruscant, Coruscant is basically the capital. Uh, it's supposed to be a city planet. The idea is that the higher you go up from the ground, the more sort of elite you're in. When we're watching the movies where they're on Coruscant, you're actually talking about elite people who live very high up. They show a few scenes where you go down to the street level and it's all very dirty. It's all very Blade Runner all of a sudden. It's all pretty crappy and pretty awful. This actually seems like a whole universe where there is no middle class. You are either extremely poor or extremely rich. So I actually think the Star Wars universe as a place to live for the average person is a pretty awful place. There is still a lot of slavery going on. There is a lot of conflict. It seems every planet they go to has horrible monsters that are trying to kill people. And if you're not like some kind of crazy gunslinger or Jedi, you're not surviving those encounters. All those exciting encounters you see on a regular basis in Star Wars. Well, if you're just like a dude, an accountant walking down the street, you don't get out of that. You die. It was interesting to me that the most reviled species in Star Wars in the prequels were the Gungans. And they actually seem to have a fairly high average quality of life if you look at the whole universe as a whole. They live in that underwater city. When you walk around that city, there weren't a lot of scenes of poverty or people living in dire straits, they seem to have found a balance between technology and nature. They seem to have found a good way to live. Uh, when they were arrested for re-entering the city, they weren't like harassed particularly. They're like, oh, you weren't supposed to come back. Let's go see the big boss. If you look at that not as a part of the movie, but as a society, that actually seems like a pretty good quality standard of living to live in. 
to exist within. So I actually think they're the only ones who have gotten it right so far. And it seems like everyone is pretty well off. So I don't know what their industries would be or whatnot. They don't seem to trade with the outside world. It was a very xenophobic and closed world. That was kind of one of the main points of it. But that actually seems to have done them pretty well. So it seems like the less you engage with the universe at large in the Star Wars universe, the better off you're actually going to be. Now, I actually didn't want to start with Star Wars. I wanted to start with uh, some franchises I knew well. I was going to start with a couple of video games. And one of the ones I've talked about in other episodes of other podcasts is Dark Souls. Now, I said one of the best superpowers you could have would be the way they die in Dark Souls. Because the way what happens is you die and you get pushed back to your last save point. And then from there, you get to retry what you just did. You could try a different avenue. You could try a different technique. You could go off and level up and come back. You know, basically train yourself, get more experience. I actually said as a skill, as a power, that's one of the best powers. Because essentially you get infinite tries at the same problem. And every time you fail, everything just resets. Rick and Morty did an episode of that. Uh, they were doing the infinite universe thing, which is actually what Dark Souls does. Uh, Dark Souls, you don't die. When you die, you don't, the world you're in doesn't get reset. You get transferred to a second uh, world in the infinite universe, and you just keep changing, hopping universe to universe until you complete the adventure. But if you think about it, that means every universe you leave, your hero died, and at that point, the game ended. Uh, that's bad for the hero, though. You are taking beatdowns constantly, but... The multiverse basically guarantees you are going to win at the end game sooner or later. But the thing they don't tend to point out is that winning the game in Dark Souls usually resets the cycle of misery that has engulfed the world that you're in already. Quite often, you become the evil for the next game. So that's again one of the reasons you probably don't want to be the hero in a Dark Souls world because even if you're successful you probably end up being the monster you're trying to kill. Or you just set off a chain of events to keep everything as the status quo for another millennia until some other hero comes along and deposes you and uh, stops the cycle and makes everything happen again. I don't know. There's a lot of lore there that I didn't really get into. I was just happy to finish the game. The average citizen in the Dark Souls universe, though, seems to be a low-level zombie. Now, these are not zombies. They have, they're called hollowed. They used to be people. Their humanity has been sucked away. Uh, but for the most part, if you walk around, what are they doing? Well, they're lounging. They're maybe eating something. They're just sort of hanging out. And then the hero comes by and they get up and they have to fight the hero. And then they get their ass whooped because they're the low-level enemies that you're just supposed to dispatch pretty easily. Up until that point, though, they have a fairly peaceful life. They don't work. I assume they're hungry or something like that because you don't get put into that state without some sort of downside. But for the most part, they seem to just be resting. And since the world is a very big place, if you're outside of the path of the hero of the Dark Souls series, you're basically just going to be left alone to exist in a carefree state, which is actually pretty appealing. So I'm not 100% against existing in that world if there was a way I could kind of lumber out of the way of the hero and then it wouldn't be worth his, him taking the time to kill me. 
it just it seems very much like the sea iguana. A sea iguana lounges on a rock. It's uh, cold-blooded, so it, it needs the sun to heat it up. When it gets hot enough, uh, it swims down, eats some seaweed or kelp or something, and then it comes up and lies on a rock. They have no natural predators. They have the slowest heart rate of an animal on the planet Earth. And they don't even have the ability to digest their own food. They actually have to lie in the sun and heat up their own stomachs enough that the sun cooks the food in their stomach, the kelp and the seaweed or whatever they're eating. This is the single chillest animal on the planet Earth. And honestly, when I ran by a couple zombies, again, hollowed, I don't know what they're actually called. When I ran by a couple of these hollow creatures in Dark Souls, I had a similar feeling like, these guys are just chill. If they wouldn't attack me, I wouldn't attack them. I would actually just run by and let them be. So honestly, not a terrible option if you could be an average citizen in the Dark Souls universe, if you know what that is. There, there are humans in it, and they're always miserable. It's actually funny. In the first game, they seem miserable at each game it gets worse. So the first game actually seems quite lighthearted, but that's a, a different story for a different day, maybe, if you want a video game um, podcast. The other video game I was very immersed in, I've played every one and all the deal, all the stuff they put out is the Grand Theft Auto. Now, the hero's a criminal, and you're constantly being chased by police. Uh, they have a very interesting healthcare system. So you can get shot to death, and they will bring you back for 10% of the money you have with you. And since you can't bank money, uh, you always have a lot, but then losing 10% to not die isn't terrible. And you can actually use your money to buy stuff like guns and cars and houses and stuff. So if you do that, you're not carrying very much money. So if you die, you don't lose very much money either. And you still have all that other stuff that you just bought. So weirdly, the hero of the GTA series is a pretty good lifestyle because you don't actually have to do all the crimes. If you actually just go around and live a life, you could do some jobs. You could live a very normal life and actually be pretty successful within the GTA universe. It's your prerogative that makes you the criminal and makes the police chase you, and makes all the bad things happen. So you actually have the ability, the free will, to avoid that if you play GTA. So you could live that life successfully. And committing crimes isn't actually that hard either, because I've actually found it's pretty easy to get away from the police. The average citizen, though, has an ineffective police force, and we don't know if healthcare applies to them the same way. So we don't know if the 10% is applicable to everyone or you have some kind of special plan because you're the hero of the game. There are a lot of entities in the world who have no regard for the regular person's safety. And that makes the GTA world overall fairly dangerous. But again, this is one of those ones where if the world gets big enough, you could probably just live in a place where they never come by and you'd actually be fine. And then I think you'd just be living a normal life. So that one's not special because I think you still have to work and still have to do things. But those are two video games and that might be sort of a, a smaller group of people actually, you know, understand what I'm talking about. So let's get into things that pretty much everyone knows about the Marvel Universe. We all think that being one of the heroes in the Marvel Universe would be pretty cool, but the stress that goes with it, and that's actually to me the best part of the modern movies is when they show the consequences and the stress of being a superhero and having that kind of pressure on you. When Tony's like starts turning to drinking and has panic attacks, when uh, Thor loses all confidence in himself 
those were the best bits to me because they were the most interesting because infallible heroes are boring, but fallibility comes with it, stress, and that's actually what we're trying to get rid of. If we want to live a good life, a peaceful life, a happy life, we don't want to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So the question is, if you're not a hero, what is it like for an average citizen? Well, it's set in modern times. So for the modern person, you're living a life and all this stuff is going on around you. You just have to not live in a big city. And then you would just be living a normal life. So that's fine. But really the problem is it's no more interesting than the life you live now. There would just be more interesting stuff on TV. It would be terrifying because now you have real aliens who come down to invade Earth, like real things, and all these sort of world-ending events, they actually could happen and then therefore could happen in the future. So it's actually very stressful as well, even if you have no sort of superpower with which to engage in the battle, let's say. You have to just sit there and suffer. So we don't want that. So I actually think living in the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be pretty awful for everybody because it's like regular life, only more stressful. So I started asking other people, like, what other things should we talk about? And so I got Harry Potter. Now, we all know about the muggle world, the, the normal world. Uh, but I thought it would be more interesting if we talked about... You have to kind of focus on Hogwarts, the school, because that's where the whole story basically takes place. Now, we're not the hero because we're not Harry Potter. Voldemort is trying to kill Harry Potter, and his life sucks. I mean, honestly, his life sucks. Uh, my kids watched the last movie, and... He seems to have ended up getting married and having kids and, and not being particularly excited about either, just, just looking at the, the desperation on his face for a better life. Clearly, this isn't the dream he had had when he was young. And we all know how that feels. So, what is it like being a kid at Hogwarts, one of the average kids? And I actually think that would be pretty good. Uh, the problem is, again, the lack of regard for safety overall within the structure of the school. You get to learn a non-standard curriculum. It's very interesting. You get to see a lot of cool stuff happen. It's very practical application of skills. I think these are all things that would very much appeal to the average person. So I get to go to school. I get to learn how to, you know make things float. I get to learn how to like hypnotize people. I could then hypnotize people and make them float over to me. I mean, this is all working out pretty well as far as I'm concerned. The problem is, of course, they probably have uh, consensual rules that you get in trouble for. And the people you would be hypnotizing could maybe hypnotize you back. So whatever you dish out probably could be dished back at you. What's the opposite of that? Dish it out. I might have to look that up later. The learning experience at Hogwarts would be positive. And I think for the average student, it would be a more engaging educational environment, even though it is dangerous. But the danger might be part of what makes it more appealing. Up until the final battle, where Harry Potter is trying to like get the other kids involved. So if you came to Hogwarts pre or post Harry Potter, I think it would be a great place to be. Because there's no upcoming war that you're going to get sucked into where you could actually die. So before Harry Potter, yeah, there were all these like mysteries and things that happened, but you didn't solve them. That wasn't your problem. You just wanted to get your exams done and get on to being, you know, a really cool wizard doing cool wizard stuff. Post Harry Potter, well, Voldemort's dead, so I don't have to worry about that crap anymore. I can actually get on with just being a cool wizard and doing cool wizard stuff. So actually, to me, the post Harry Potter Hogwarts world would be a pretty great place to go to school. 
And then taking that and going back into the real regular world where you have special powers and no one else does, I think that's pretty good. So Harry Potter, once Harry Potter's dead, actually seems like one of the more appealing universes to live in. Because really, at the end of the day, it's Harry Potter who fucked everything up. Fantasy worlds in general suffer from the same problem. The hero tends to get pulled into a conflict, usually a war that they won't, don't want to be in. Uh, their friends die. This is like Lord of the Rings or any other fantasy movie you can think of. Uh, there's no end to that. And in fantasy worlds in general, the average citizen isn't the ones you're seeing on screen. The average citizen's a peasant. And there's, no, there's a reason we don't like call people peasants uh, in a positive way. It would be an insult to walk up to someone and go, you're a peasant. And the reason it's an insult is because they had shitty lives, at least compared to what we have now. You're not the chosen one. You don't have the magical sword. You're not going to get the hot elf lady. You suck. So fantasy worlds suck for pretty much everybody. The hero suffers. The regular average citizen suffers. There's probably like one guy who has a castle somewhere, has a pretty good life, and he gets murdered. So fantasy worlds, absolutely not. They are off the table. There's no reason to want to live in those. People who think they do aren't really thinking through the problem. And the problem is life sucks if it's medieval at all. Uh, a world I don't know much about, a universe, but it's, it's actually something I've had some interest in. I have no desire to play the games because it's like a tabletop game. I've had no desire to do anything with it. The Warhammer 40k universe is vaguely interesting to me because of the lore. I don't think I want to read the books. They sound labor intensive, but I have listened to a couple of YouTube things about sort of the worlds that inhabit this universe and they are crazy and uh, pretty much like everything else, they're awful. There are hive worlds and there are agricultural oriented worlds. So they basically, instead of having, it's very Star Wars-y, where you don't have a planet with like different zones, like temperate zones where you would farm stuff and like frozen zones, like a normal planet. They have a single planet that does a single thing. So they have ice planet, jungle planet, whatever. Uh, we accept it because it's, it's too hard to write. You know, it's a very easy concept for people to in, ingest very quickly. The agricultural worlds uh, is only farming. So you grow up, you farm, you die. You actually probably live very much like a farmer in like the 40s where you would grow up, farm, and die not actually having left the sort of town you live in. Maybe you go to two towns over once or twice in your life, but that would be the most exciting thing. So despite the fact that it's, you know, 40,000 years in the future or whatever, uh, the life of a farmer still kind of sucks. They're not getting access to sort of any of the amazing technology that might be available at the universe at large. And that would be the average citizen. The people growing food are going to be the bog standard average person because just by volume, you need people producing food for the other people to eat. There are the hive worlds. Now the hive worlds, I was looking at, uh, I was reading a thing where it talked about a 12 hour workday because there are no labor laws and pretty much every aspect of Warhammer is low-key slave labor. You might have a good slave job, but at the end of the day, you still have a slave job. Uh, there's no travel, really. So whatever job you have, that's the job you do. There might be some upward mobility, but maybe 
you're talking about going from accountant to senior accountant and the life change when that's a slave labor job is not going to be significant enough. You probably get slightly better food, reprocessed human gruel of some sort, I assume, because they like to make everything very dark and miserable in Ford and Warhammer. There is also a no healthcare. So you are most likely going to die from the labor you have engaged in. So it's very much just like living in America, which is a country I don't want to live in uh, for these very obvious reasons. So let's just be very clear. Warhammer and America suffer from the same problems, which is why I don't choose to live in America. Something else I've talked about several times that I honestly know nothing about is Pokemon. It's huge and we all know about it. So, uh, of course, the hero is a trainer. And that's what you see their life and they meet other trainers and they battle trainers and there's these big battles. Uh, I've seen some of the movies and stuff with my kids. I'm not particularly interested in it. So I kind of lose track of what's going on because I'm not really paying attention. If you're an average citizen, so that means a non-trainer, which it's actually very hard to tell if there are non-trainers in the Pokemon world because they just try to make it so like everyone loves Pokemon so much. Sure, that makes sense in the franchise, but the world at large actually can't be just people who catch and train Pokemon. There's no way that a society could function like that. There have to be bakers and farmers and, you know, all these other things. For the average person walking along the street, there are fucking monsters everywhere. Like, everywhere you go, you walk off the path, and there's a goddamn monster there, and probably one that's going to eat you, unless you have a Pokeball, which you don't because you're not a trainer. That's what we just said. And then you go into town and these fucking kids blasting each other all over the place. They're screaming commands at these fucking monsters that are in front of them. They're shooting beams and like hypnotizing each other and farting gas clouds and stuff. That's happening on your lawn, by the way. You're screaming at those kids to get off your goddamn lawn because this sucks. You've had to deal with this five times this week. You're just trying to get some sleep. Stop your Blastoise shit and leave me alone. Let me get some sleep. It's, I just Maybe I even want to mow my lawn. Maybe I want to do some caretaking of myself. This makes me feel good. I can't do that because every time I try to do that, there's a fucking Mary Carp pops up and screams his fucking head off at me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. This place is a nightmare. Pokemon is a nightmare. Absolutely not. I have two more. One more to talk about and then my actual choice. The Matrix. If you're not Neo, and Neo... If he actually stayed in the Matrix with his powers, actually pretty good life because he can do anything and stuff. I recently rewatched these movies and the whole uh, making him Superman God at the end of the first movie really kind of screwed over the other movies where they had to like dial back his powers a bit. But anyways, uh, transferring it into real world also that didn't really work for me. It doesn't really make any sense. Those movies, now that I'm older, they don't make a lot of sense. I do remember when I first came to Japan, that's when the Matrix movies came out and I saw a guy in a big black trench coat and I was like, mm, no, that's not really going to work out for you for more than a couple of days, my friend. It's too hot. And you don't, because you're the only one dressed like that, it actually doesn't look cool. If you remain in the Matrix and you don't leave the Matrix, you just live a normal life, which if you could be in the right circumstances would be fine. So basically... I could be living the life I live right now and I have a pretty good life and I, I would call myself a very average person. So Matrix, as long as you don't know you're in the Matrix, is pretty good, which makes me wonder if we're in the Matrix right now. Ah, yeah. If you're smoking weed, don't listen to that last part. You're going to think about it too much. 
The matrix outside the matrix sucks because you all are stuck in misery. And it was more the food that got me. I would actually like some real food. I eat like powder food for lunch like two, three times a week. Uh, and I still would not want to live like that. Like the stuff in the matrix was not appealing to me. So now we get to my choice, the definitive choice. If I had to choose a universe to live in, where would I choose to live? And I think it's actually quite easy once you think about it. It's clearly Star Trek. Star Trek, for the average person, has the highest average standard of living. Uh, in several of the series, there's no money. Healthcare is free. Uh, you study what you want. I mean, what they give you more than anything else with the level of technology is you can kind of do whatever you want uh, as long as you don't go into deep space and engage with other aliens. You would, if you stayed sort of within the inner circle, be able to engage with aliens in a very interesting and safe way. It's just, if you look at the average person, humanity has expanded so much now. The average person would never be engaged in space battles. They would never be part of any of the big adventures, which would be great because the average person is getting more than enough food, whatever they food they want because they're replicating it. They're getting health care whenever they need it. Pretty much everything's taken care of. You have this long, healthy lifestyle where you're very active. You get to learn and study what interests you and nothing else. I mean, honestly, it's kind of a dream come true. It's kind of a paradise. And I think that's what they're trying to protect. That's why they are so desperate to protect the ideals of the Federation. Because look how good we got it. We don't want to mess this up by someone else coming and trying to exploit it. And then I think how many podcasts would be in the Star Trek universe? It would be a nightmare of podcasts. You think about how many we have right now. Imagine people having free time, all of them. So basically no one works unless they want to. How many awful podcasts would there be? I mean, you just sat through this one. And you don't even have the freedom that they have in the Star Trek universe. Imagine that. Imagine if you and everyone else had the same amount of free time and it's just everyone's podcast. And there's a podcast. Hey, buddy, did you check out my podcast? I try to not be that guy and I still do it every, I still fall into that trap every now and then. I am still every now and then, hey, did you listen to my podcast? What did you think? Trying to get feedback and stuff. I'm sorry to anyone I've done that to. I am absolutely trying to not have that happen anymore. As long as you stay off screen, as long as you don't live on one of the planets becomes one of the ones they explode to make a point. The Star Trek universe is absolutely the best universe to be an average citizen in. It's actually generally not too bad to be a hero in. Like there's all the stress and stuff, but they fix everything so quickly. I actually think the stress wouldn't last that long. And retirement is always an option. If you don't have to worry about money and you know work gets a little tough, you'd be like, Mleh. I'm just going to go find a little planet, a little cabin retire with my replicator because then I can eat whatever I want whenever I want and listen to podcasts all day I guess because there's a billion of those and the reality tv show would be pretty awful but they never show anyone watching that and I think that's why because at that point you've hit this saturation point where people just don't even see it or hear it anymore but what I really want to say though is the best universe is the one with you in it oh being placed by 